Welcome to the Study On Podcast. I'm your host, Angie Bauman, and I am passionate about Bible study. Friend, my journey has not been an easy one. I am a trauma and abuse survivor, and I still walk with a limp. But I also walk in freedom, because as I've studied God's Word, He has released me from layers of shame and invited me into a life filled with an abundance of His peace, joy, rest, and hope. I'm transformed because I study the Bible, and my heart's desire is to create offerings that help you get and stay in your Bible so you experience that transformation too. So thank you for spending a few minutes with me. Maybe it's as you enjoy your coffee or with pen and notebook ready, or you're driving to work or walking the dog from wherever you are in your day. Let's dive deep into a verse of scripture together. So we walk steady on. Let's get started. Welcome, friend. Today, we're going to talk about resting in God through studying as we unpack Hebrews 4.12 using my step-by-step Bible study method. Step-by-step is an inductive Bible study tool that focuses on one word in one verse of scripture to find life application. If you'd like to study along with me today, you will find links to a study sheet and the step-by-step masterclass videos in today's show notes. Hebrews 4.12 in the NIV says this, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. A little information about the book of Hebrews. The author is unknown. It is possibly Paul, Barnabas, Apollos, or Priscilla. The audience is Christians converted from Judaism. And the date of the writing is around AD 50 to 64. Chapter four, where we're hanging out today, has 16 verses. It is a chapter about entering into God's rest. And we're hanging out in the section of that chapter that talks about being able to rest because we have been found out or revealed by God's word, which I think is such an interesting thing because a lot of times maybe we have something that we're not proud of something we just don't want to look at at ourselves. And I think we underestimate how tiring it can be to try to live around that, to try to hide something. And I'm not even talking about some like huge thing, right? But just those things in our lives that need to be refined, that need to be corrected, whether it's habits, like physical habits, things we're doing, but so often it's emotional responses to things. And by not looking at where that comes from, we kind of just continue to do the same thing and we're not healing and we're not growing. And that is very tiring. And as I thought about this, this idea that actually the fact that as we study the Bible, we are able, it is, it is revealing some of the things that need to be addressed and how actually those things being revealed And us addressing those things with the guidance and help of the Holy Spirit, of course, actually leads us to a place of more rest and more peace and joy and hope and all of those things that Christ offers us in life abundant. I just love that. I'd never thought of it like that before, but that actually studying the word and allowing it to show us ourselves ushers us in to rest and peace. Oh, love it. Okay, so one more time, Hebrews 4.12 in the NIV says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. 
It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Step one in the Bible study method is to choose our word, and our word today is active. Definition of active are things like in a state of action, in force or operation, unextinguished, unexpired, existent, exhibiting the activity and motion of many living beings, swarming, thronged, busy. Some synonyms are things like vital, dynamic, flourishing, moving, vigorous, awake, growing, viable. Like when you think about studying being these things, it's just like this, almost like an agitation, right? Like we're, um, the Lord is trying to help us understand something and he's just sort of stirring the pot or keeping things moving, not stagnant. Some antonyms, and this is not the way that we experience the Holy Spirit when we study, are things like dead, lifeless, broken, perished, cold, gone, lost, departed, extinct. Step two is called investigate. We divide that up into four parts. Part one is to compare this word active in other translations. The King James used powerful, the CSB effective, the CJB at work, the Darby operative, the DRA effectual, the GNV mighty in operation, the OJB strong, the voice moving, the WYC speedy in working, and the passion translation full of energy. So this is what, when we get into the word, this is what the word is giving back to us. I like it that way. The word is giving us giving back something powerful, something effective, something operative, something strong, something moving, something full of energy, right? When we go in there, we won't find something that's lifeless or cold or gone. We will find something full of energy, moving, at work, swarming, agitating, but all for our good. I love that. Part two in the investigate step is to research the original word. The Strong's number is G1756, intergase. It means active, operative, effectual, powerful. It is from a combination of words. The first is a preposition that means a fixed position in place, time, or state, like in, at, or upon. And then from another word connected to that one that means to work or to toil as an effort or occupation. So it is at work. That's what this word means. It is at work. And don't we want to know that the Holy Spirit is at work in us and for us? And isn't the best way to know that the Holy Spirit is at work in us and for us is to read about how that is true, to study about how that is true, to feel that through study and that connection with the Holy Spirit and the Lord. The Theological Dictionary of the New Testament says that this word means to have entered and therefore to be present. It is a present action. I love that even though the Bible can sit on the shelf and it seems like it's not doing anything, the activity is always in there as soon as we open it and engage. We don't have to wait for it to be ready. We don't have to wait for it to wake up. <laughs> it is always alive and active. And as soon as we sit down and center ourselves on what it has for us, then we will feel that activity in our spirit as well. 
part three in the investigate step is to read some commentary. The enduring word says it bears constant reminding that as we submit ourselves to the word of God, we do it for far, far more than intellectual knowledge or to learn Bible facts. We do it for the ministry of the word because God meets us in his word and the Holy Spirit works powerfully through the word of God. This spiritual work of God's word goes far beyond the basic educational value of learning the Bible. My guess is we probably all know people who have known their Bibles well, but the fruit of their life did not display they knew Jesus well. So as we study the word, we are studying it for the aliveness. We are studying it for the interaction. We are studying it for the transformation. We are studying it for the change, right? What is it saying to me about my life? What is it asking me to adjust so that my life aligns more with the instructions of God and becomes more demonstrative of the abundance that is realized when my life aligns with the instructions of God. It's not just about getting in there to know something. It's about getting in there to live something out. Still in the enduring word, the Bible isn't a collection of merely old stories and myths. It has inherent life and power. The preacher doesn't make the Bible come alive. The Bible is alive and gives life to the preacher and anyone else who will receive it with faith. I love that so much because even as people are using their gifts for communication, like I'm hoping today that my voice is a way that the Lord is speaking his truth into your ears, into your heart, into your life. But there's nothing about my voice that contains any power absent of the power the Holy Spirit gives it. So even the words of the most gifted Bible teacher hold transformative power only if they are speaking through the power of the Holy Spirit. Still in the enduring word, powerful, translated active in the King James Version, reminds us that something may be alive yet dormant, but God's word is both living and powerful in the sense of being active. We can walk through our Christian experience alive but not living, not doing very much for the kingdom. And I'm not just talking about hands and feet ministry work. I'm talking about as we allow the Holy Spirit to refine us, the difference that it makes in our relationships, in our community, in our interactions with other people. That is a Christian at work. And the Holy Spirit can help us grow in that and do that better as we study the word. The Bible Knowledge Commentary says the inner life of a Christian is often a strange mixture of motivations, both genuinely spiritual and completely human. It takes a supernaturally discerning agent, such as the Word of God, to sort these out and to expose what is of the flesh. Okay, pause right there. We're so good at deceiving ourselves. And sometimes it's like this slippery slope or this fine line, all of those kind of things. Um, to to really understand the difference between where am I doing this for me and so that I look good, so that I'm successful, so that I advance, and where am I doing this, whatever this happens to be, for the kingdom, because the Holy Spirit's calling me to it, so that the kingdom advances, so that people notice 
God so that people fall more in love with Jesus, not so they fall more in love with and follow me. Oh, it's gross. It's gross. But studying the word can reveal those things to us so that we can walk away from the idols that we're worshiping. Think Old Testament prophets always, right? Like let go of, lay down the idols that you're worshiping yourself primarily and uh, pick up, re-pick up the life behaviors that indicate what, who you are worshiping is God and God alone. Back in the Bible knowledge commentary, the readers might think that they were contemplating certain steps out of a purely spiritual motivation, all right? We might think we're on the path of doing something because God has motivated us to do it when, as God's word could show them, they were acting unfaithfully as Israel of old. So sometimes we think we're moving in the right direction. Sometimes we're ignorant of our own self-motivation. And as we study and listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, we can be corrected. And that is a good life-giving thing. The IVP Women's Bible Commentary says, The Word of God indicates every way in which God speaks to people, and especially the Word that came through Jesus Christ. So the Word is alive as we study. That's one of the things, of course, we're talking about all the time here. But the Word is alive as we are listening to other people teach us. The Word is alive as we are singing. The Word is alive as we are praying. So at any time the Word is coming, the Word of God, not just the Word, the Bible, but the Word of God is touching our hearts. There is power and activity and aliveness in all of that. I'm going to paraphrase something from Anthony C. Thistleton. He talks about how the word can pierce through the lethargy of the readers to bring judgment or enabling grace. So it can even get through our like fatigue, our drowsiness, our apathy, our weariness. It can get through all of that. And it says, he goes on to say, even if their hearts are in the process of hardening, The word of God can pierce through, can get through, can cut through layers of defensive self-deception. Defensive self-deception. Again, that's that's that part of us that even sometimes we think we're doing it for the right reason, and then we need to be able to sit before the Lord and have him search our hearts, as David says in the psalm, right, to reveal anything that isn't pleasing to God. Part four of the investigate step is to rewrite the verse in our own words. I'm going to read it one more time. Hebrews 4.12 in the NIV. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And I rewrote the verse like this. Listening to God's voice in Bible study, teaching, in prayer, helps me differentiate between following my heart and following his will. Step three in the method is to find the characteristics of God. I put that he is a just judge, that he knows every motivation and can reveal them carefully, intentionally, and accurately in a way that is for my good, not to shame me, but to invite me to heal and grow and change. I also put that he is excellent. The way God can expose us is beyond our understanding. He is the perfect knower of us, and he carries out his plan for us with excellent execution. 
And then finally, I also put that he is merciful because as he exposes us, he offers grace. So it's not just like maybe a conversation that you've had some time with somebody who pointed out one of your faults. (laughs) We've probably all had a conversation like that. And you just leave feeling maybe misunderstood or maybe just sort of like hanging or maybe you feel defensive, any of those things. God doesn't expose us like that. He doesn't reveal us like that. At least my experience is when he wants to point something out to me that isn't serving me well because it's not aligned with his teaching, right? It's this loving invitation to look at what it is that's causing me grief or pain or separation from him. And then there's this like beautiful invitation to walk towards him, to receive his grace and not only his grace, but his guidance on how to move forward. Because the last thing in the world, at least for me, the worst thing in the world is to feel like I've done something wrong and not know how to do it differently, right? That just feels so hopeless, but there is no hopelessness with God. Uh, even as he is revealing things that need to be correcting in us. Because as soon as he reveals them to us, he shows us the way to do it differently. Step four in the method is called identify the lie. And for me, this is one of the most important parts because it invites me to look at the why that I'm doing something, especially if I'm doing something that isn't healthy, isn't aligning with God's instruction. A lot of times for me, it's issues of anger, resentment, bitterness, and why am I choosing to focus on those things rather than focus on the abundant life that Christ offers me? And this is the lie that I wrote down that it's too scary to look at that. (laughs) And what I mean by that is when I'm studying the Bible or even listening to praise music, listening to another Bible teacher pour into me and teach them what the Holy Spirit has revealed to them as they've studied, Sometimes it stirs something in me and I just, I don't want to look at it, right? I don't want to unpack it. I don't want to take it to God. I don't want to talk to him about it. It just feels like it's too scary that it opens sort of this can of worms. And I, I just feel like I don't want to look at it. And when the enemy talks to us, it's always a half truth. There is, there is a piece of that that is true. It's hard to look at our stuff sometimes. It's hard to be honest about who we are and why we're making the decisions that we're making. But God, as we were just talking about a moment ago, God in his goodness, God in his faithfulness, isn't going to invite us into a process of healing and growing and changing, that he's not going to accompany us on that journey, right? He's going to stay, stay right beside us offer us grace and guidance and help us take one step at a time. And it's so important to remember that, that there's nothing that God wants to reveal to me about myself that I'm not ready to see or look at or deal with. Because if I wasn't, he wouldn't reveal that to me. And so it always goes back to a trust issue, does it not? I can look at the word of God and I can hear him speaking truth over my life through what I'm studying because whatever he helps me see, he will help me take steps out of. Mm. Step five is called, so what? Where we just take note of a key takeaway. And I wrote this, study is a way to connect to God and connection brings rest, true rest. 
the kind of rest that comes from living in a place of love and acceptance. I will know love and acceptance as I know God, and I will know God as I study God. It is so interesting to think that so often, uh, so often the very things that we want to back away from, that we want to not deal with, not look at in our lives, are the very things that are the obstacles to rest. And when we do bring them to the light, when we allow the Lord to bring them to the light, it is peace and rest we will find. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I would love to hear your takeaway. You can email me anytime with questions or takeaways, thoughts, anything at steadyonpodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't yet, I would be so grateful if you would subscribe to the podcast on whatever directory you use to listen. It only takes a second and it guarantees you will receive every episode. And maybe someone came to mind today as you were listening to us talk about rest and how study leads us into rest. And if so, I would love it if you would share the episode out with them, inviting them into what we're doing is another great way to support the show. Thank you so much for listening. I pray wherever your day takes you, you're walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace.